0: Hello, my name is Monique Kamela. I am a trauma-informed feminine empowerment, self-love, and relationships coach. I created the Good Girl Unleashed podcast as a way to support you on your journey to liberating yourself from limiting beliefs, trauma, suppression, so that we can all come home and live authentically and unapologetically I support my clients and my community with resolving trauma, releasing suppressed emotions in a safe, supportive way that allows them to reconnect to their authentic self and create a deeply fulfilling life and rich, nourishing relationships. I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's dive into today's episode. So I'm excited to have this conversation today. So thank you for joining me again. Um... I'm here with Amberly Rose, and I really want to dive into this really potent topic around how past experiences shape our current experience, how past experiences can really block our pleasure, our orgasm, really uh, shut us down sexually and from our bodies, um, and then actually what can we do about that to shift that and be more in our pleasure, more in our sensuality and connecting with ourselves. Um, and I feel like a really big part of this is something I've had to learn on my own journey is it, it really does start with you and so often we're kind of thinking about sexuality with a partner and we want maybe more pleasure or intimacy or connection with our partner. And we are maybe not fully addressing that we need that within ourselves, first and foremost, and that's really. For me, what I find actually impacts the relationship the greatest when I've done that inner work for myself and I've had that deeper connection with myself, that trust inside myself, it's rippled out and that's all come into and weaved into my relationship and drastically changed um, that relationship with my partner and really all relationships but definitely with my partner where we've had these really incredible sexual experiences that are really deeply connected rather than just like having these ecstatic sexual orgasmic experiences. It's like really rooted in deep connection, deep love. Um, there's a lot of healing that happens there. So yeah, I'm super excited to have you back and dive into this.
1: (laughs) Oh, thank you. And I'm so excited to be here again. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Mm, You're welcome.
1: (sighs) Ah, And I just actually want to invite for a moment a deeper breath and stillness. If that's available for you, Monique, if that's available for anybody listening. Um, to really hone in on this message of my sexuality and my pleasure starts with me. Um, and just as you breathe, as you deepen your breath. Following it down deep into your belly, letting that soften and inviting an exhale out of the mouth with a sigh. Just noticing what upwells in your body, in your sensation, in your experience. When you feel into my sexuality, my pleasure starts with me. Um, I was saying if there's any contraction, maybe there's a little bit of fear or nervousness, maybe there's a little bit of heaviness or pressure, maybe there's some lightness, some excitement, maybe there's some grief or anger. Oh. Just giving it a few more breaths. Just notice and observe and be with what comes up for you. I mean, my sexuality, my pleasure starts with me. Mm. there's another invitation here to even leave your eyes closed or open them and carry on this name as you were before or maybe just leaving your eyes closed to kind of be able to tune in more easily to see what comes up um what unravels what unfolds in your body as we continue through this conversation and and maybe it even seems a little bit strange (laughs) for me to enter and begin the conversation like that but it just feels so important to bring it back to being able to experience pleasure involves you actually being able to be present in your experience um which requires a little bit of dropping in and in order to do what we call the inner work um, to open up the body to actually begin to unravel the conditioning or um, all of the pieces that create the blueprint of our experience in the nervous system for how we experience sexuality for how we experience pleasure all of those pieces actually require us to be able to turn in For us to be able to witness ourselves to be able to witness the sensations and the vibrations and the feelings and the memories that sort of bubble bubble up in the body when we actually want to connect with that um so not only are we having a conversation uh, together about this we're also having a conversation with our own body um and our own experience um so yeah i guess I felt like it was essential in that moment to call that in and call us down and in as well in that process. Mm. <sighs> but I'm curious if there's anything that came up for you in that moment, Monique, that felt really important.
0: Mm. Yeah, it, it felt like because <sighs> I know we're having a bit of a chat Prior to starting the call, Mm. there was just so much like energy and bubbling and excitement Mm. and like, oh, there's so much goodness that um, we want to dive into today. It was actually really good to bring it back into the body and just slow it all Mm. down, especially when we're talking about this topic, um, especially when it's relating to sexuality and pleasure. Just like you said, we need to be present. We need to be in our body. And there's this element of just slowing down because so many of us are just go, 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 and so busy and in the mind and have all these thoughts and ideas and stories, and it's really challenging to be in the body. Um, So for me it just felt really grounding and really centering and essential for all things, Mm -hmm. not just sexuality and pleasure, but even like having these conversations, even like whatever we do in life in order to be, anchored like in our truth, in our center, in alignment, in joy, we need to actually be present rather than kind of here or there or everywhere else, but here and mm. uh, living in the mind rather than the body. So yeah, I found it really just calling back my energy and coming back into my own center.
1: Mm. Beautiful. <sighs> And yeah, I felt very similar. um, in that I needed to kind of ground down and settle into something after being so hyped up and excited. And then I felt this real tenderness. (sighs) And like a twinge of sadness, this, this twinge of sadness that feels connected to, I guess, a story, a narrative that most of us have grown up with, um, that our sexuality is for someone else. Um, And, and in the words of my sexuality is for me, my sexuality starts with me. Um, Yeah. A real, and I can feel that coming up now too, and I'm going to let there be tears and and not hold them down as anything wrong or bad or shameful, because that's the practice that I'm in every day. But I can feel a real sadness and a real grief around that being how that's how most young women grow up, believing that their sexuality is for someone else. Um, and historically, this this is also being, um, you know, woven into our legislation and and marriages and the way that our society has been structured um, is that our our viability as a woman is to and our safety depends on being sexually viable to be someone's wife and and although that doesn't live in our modern standards in in most of Western culture anymore um there's still an aliveness in the body that 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 exists and there is still so much of that that remains in um the culture of porn or um yeah the way that we're educated around pleasure or not educated at all around pleasure is it's probably not until I was um in my yeah, I guess mid-twenties that I <sighs> went on the journey of of that starts with me, and it is for me, and it's not something that I have to um, outsource or is someone else's responsibility' it's for someone else is mm-hmm. pleasure. Um, so yeah, and I guess. There's some information in that that I can just use gentle inquiry and listen to these subtle impulses in my body to find that information um, in a way that's connective, in a way that's alive, in a way... um, that feels really supportive for learning about myself and learning about the world. Um, yeah, that feels organic and natural as well. <sighs> <laughs> yeah,
0: and I love like, just the, the energy that you bring into the space, it just all always feels like there's just this grounded energy this embodied energy of like let's just slow down and be and there's almost like I can feel this coziness of like the container being held for us here but everyone that's listening Mm. to this um, conversation and I loved that affirmation like how you brought what I kind of opened the conversation with into that beautiful practice of my sexuality, my pleasure, it all starts with me or it's for me. Um, and I feel like it's definitely something that we ha- are needing to like rewire because I so mm. resonate with what you're sharing around. Like it's been conditioned for generations that our sexuality is for someone else. Mm-hmm. And even though we might not have that kind of, push to necessarily be someone's wife in today it was there for many generations and there was safety around that as well of like I'm say I have a sense of safety or security when I'm in that marriage Um, Mm. and this is what I am expected to give and I was speaking about this in my conversation um a conversation i had on monday awakening mm. the pleasure around like the stories that a lot of us are holding in our body around like and it's creating kind of like this tug of war like this kind of mm. I've, I've got to give this like this is something that i'm obligated to give and mm-hmm. a lot of um women i'm finding are feeling like it's it's a chore it's an obligation it's like they have to do as a wife or a partner um, if they don't want it there's something wrong with them if they don't desire it mm-hmm. there's something wrong if they're taking too long to get turned on or to get off or to orgasm there's something wrong with them but then there's also like the other side of this of like if I want it there's something wrong with me mm-hmm. if I have huge desire and like I'm really um, like high sex drive there's something wrong with me <laughs> so it's almost like you can't win and I remember growing up like um, in my adolescent years feeling like if I don't have sex, I'm a frigid, and if mm-hmm. I do, I'm a slut. And for, for me, someone that just desperately wanted to fit in, desperately wanted to be loved and accepted, I felt like I couldn't win and I became really frozen in that, like, I don't know if I should do it or I should not do it. I want to fit in. I want to be loved. And then there was a story developed that, If I have sex, I will get love. If I give Mm. the man, the like that saying men only want one thing, if I give the man what he wants, I'll get what I want. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so there's just like it feels like such a matrix of layers of like this story and that story and they're all kind of like battling each other. And for me it created a lot of freeze in my body, a lot of stuckness, a lot of disconnection, a lot of numbness. And I got to the point where I was like, like it actually started um, prior to actually becoming sexually active. I wanted nothing to do with this thing. It was just terrifying, and there's a lot of fear. Like I remember the only sex education class I had was like, here's some condoms, use them, otherwise all these terrible things will happen.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so I kind of started with phrase of. I don't want this. Plus of all all the generational sexual trauma that was in my line of family of like sex is bad. Like it's it's, bad things happen. Like this is not a a good thing. And Mm. then like all of that. Then I did become sexually active and there was that time of like desire and exploration and um, feeling like I wanted it. But then lots of things coming into play there. But then I found myself coming back to that freeze response of, you know what, I actually don't want to have sex. I don't want anything to do with this. I don't want to do self-pleasure. It was just, it all just felt really like contraction, like so much contraction, really like cringy Like, I just want nothing to do with this. And I, I feel like I can be happy with not having sexuality in my life. And it was actually when I just accepted that that's what I was feeling in that moment, that it started to shift. I didn't fight it. Mm. I just met that part of me that was like, I don't want this. And I accepted that part. I was like, if you never want to have sex again, that's okay. I'm going to support you. I love you. I'm here for you. Mm. And that's actually what led me into these exponential shifts and healing and integration and unraveling and opening and realizing sex is so much more than just a physical act (laughs) that you do with Mm -hmm. yourself or someone else. And he started to really connect to the sacredness of sex and how healing, enlightening, awakening this experience can be, how much like magic can be created in that space when you're really conscious and mindful and present. And it's just opened up a whole new world. And I think because of my journey and how much I've been through and where I've gotten to today, I feel that deep desire and passion to just share this and have more of these conversations Mm. and normalize that a lot of what i experience it's it's not just me like there's a lot of other Mm. people that have experienced similar things or have similar stories beliefs experiences blocks and supporting others to come into their authentic expression their sexuality their pleasure and reclaiming that for
1: themselves beautiful I can really feel that passion too and your real willingness to serve and to open others and to being able to experience that intimacy and relating with themselves that intimacy and relating with their their partners their children their community and just with life like thank you (laughs) thank you for choosing to be and to do and to meet all of those pieces and and there were two things that I just felt like such a strong yes to in, in what you just shared, and that was around, you know, it, it, in, in that you just identified really one of the biggest blocks to orgasmic pleasure, which is where the body actually contracts and freezes and you experience numbness and disconnect. And while I'm not sure exactly whether you were just speaking to the emotional experience or the physical experience as well, but if that's what we are experiencing emotionally, that is what clamps down in the body as well. And it's it's in order for us to feel open and to experience pleasure, there is a lot of it's not possible if we're clamping down and and tensing, embracing for impact. It's just not possible. So, there's your first like physical roadblock, and what those things tend to um, like develop into um, our chronic pain conditions, um, you know, in the pelvic area or other areas of the body that then the body kind of develops its own system to keep. Sex out. So we don't have to keep saying it, it just goes into total shutdown. Um, and the other beautiful thing that I really wanted to just highlight again as well was how nothing began to shift for you until you stopped dismissing and denying your experience. You validated it and you met it where it was at. Mm. Yeah. It's so important so so important and and for a lot of women and this is why i love that you're um so passionate about having conversations with women around this is because most of this happens behind closed doors most of us just accept that this is what it's going to be like Mm -hmm. um and unless you're having these conversations unless you have a really beautiful circle of of friends that you can open up into um then a lot of these experiences don't get validated, don't get heard. And we continue to, to, to dismiss and deny that they're happening because that's how the outside structure is kind of, you know, designed to keep us from sharing and from opening up and from being able to meet ourselves where we're at and then alchemize that into something that feels more connected and alive
0: yeah and yeah definitely was like in in regards to the contraction definitely a lot of physical contraction like I could feel Mm. the intensity of the tension in my body Mm -hmm. and my body like pretty much screaming no and me not listening Mm. for many many years Mm -hmm. and just doing what maybe I thought that I wanted or that I thought that I should be doing or like forcing something that I felt was the right way. So there was a time where I felt like I had to be or I should be more sexual. And it's Mm -hmm. like when I initially became sexually active, it was really mainly out of peer pressure, not because anyone was necessarily forcing me or telling me I should, but it was more around that other people were doing it and talking about it and then starting to ask, like, well, have you done it? When are you going to do it? Like that kind of like pressure of, oh, like it must be time. Mm. Like I must meant to be doing this now. Other people are doing it. And I remember for me, I just, I couldn't relax my body. Um, and mm. I had a, a boyfriend at the time And we had started like exploring, but where when it came to actually like intercourse, it was like my body was like a full no, it had like so much panic and fear and I could just feel everything in me tighten and tense. And it was like, doors are shut, doors are shut. And there's (laughs) me still like trying to like push through the barricades (laughs) and like, it just wouldn't happen and I remember being so upset and feeling like there's something seriously wrong with me and ended up like going to the, the GP with my mum and getting prescribed Valium at like 16 wow. to help my body relax and the Valium didn't even work. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was the solution. That, wow. at that time was like here's a pill so you can have sex at 16 when obviously your body is saying you're not ready
1: <laughs> yeah and I think that probably is still the main solution mainstream GP avenue but oh that seems insane now doesn't it
0: yeah and especially like with all that I have learned along my journey I'm like oh my god that That's what I was given. Like there was not even the invitation to have a conversation and not that I would necessarily be maybe would have been able to at that time. I was Mm. very um, shut down in expressing and talking about these things. But I don't even remember it even really being an option. Like I remember how much discomfort I even had like talking to my mum about my situation. Um, Mm. And then, yeah, when I finally did kind of – I, it was actually with my next boyfriend where I was like, actually, I love this one. I want to I wanna do it with, like with this one. I actually feel that readiness. But there was still so much contraction in my body and I didn't know how to relax my body. And for the entire year that we were together, it just, it hurt every time. Mm. And so it was quite a fascinating journey, like even now, to reflect on like those pieces of what led me to here. Um, it's quite fascinating as well because when that relationship broke down and there was this heartbreak and I was like, oh, well, my fairy tale has crashed and burned because mm. I was like one person. I had like, that, I guess, the conditioning of you meet your one person, you get married, you have your kids, you've got one person for life. And then the fairy tale like, just went crashing and burning and I was like oh my god it's over and went into complete like shut down emotionally but Mm. in that I opened up sexually (laughs) and Mm. was like well fuck it then like it's all a scam or all a sham or whatever (laughs) and then I was like having what I thought at the time was great sex and I had a lot of desire, a lot of, like, um, like high sex drive, mm. but it was from running from my feelings. So it's, like, yeah. sometimes shutdown can block us from feeling, like, any pleasure and just be so contracted and be in pain. And then other times it's, like, shutdown can lead us to going the opposite way and being, like, really high sex drive. So I mm. found that really fascinating, just seeing how things unfold from those past
1: experiences yeah and that's why it's so important um i just love that you brought that up and that was the way that that pendulum kind of swung yeah is um it's actually kind of a real uh ick <laughs> that i have with a lot of sexuality and sexuality work um, is, is some of it can feel really be disconnected from the heart and and that's what happens when we when we shut down the heart and then we just open our sex but um you know I don't know if if you specifically um experience kind of I guess in a way like you said you you thought it was great sex to me those times that I've opened my sex without my heart um they've been super like erotically charged but soulless like Mm -hmm. it's what I what I feel into is soulless sex which is actually really deeply unfulfilling um and and is not very embodied at all because not all of me is online in that process not all of me is deeply landed and connected in my body not all of me is deeply landed and connected to the other person that i'm that i'm experiencing that with um and certainly i'm not present yeah um so yeah there's something something that can happen in that world and that's why i'm not um I guess in the work that I do with clients, I'm not all about just turning turning on the pleasure center and just turning on to sex and and sexuality. It's actually about your whole whole body embodied and present and alive, connected to the heart and connected to the womb. So yeah, yeah what a beautiful journey that was to yeah. feel those two um, extremes, I suppose. Yeah.
0: And, yeah, I feel like that's what my journey has been like in a lot of ways is that pendulum swing of feeling the extremes mm. of both ends and then finding my way somewhere in the middle um, and not necessarily just like, okay, I'm at balance. I'm going to stay here now. It's more like still flowing and dancing and having these different experiences. Um Yeah, I so resonate with that and a a lot of my work as well is really anchored, like, of connecting Mm. to the heart, connecting to all parts of you, embracing all parts. And women having, like, the positive pole being their heart, how can you not address Mm. the heart space? And I have found that the heart is really the gateway to my deepest pleasure and deepest connection. If Mm. that armour is around my heart, I have found it really challenging to be present to connect with myself, to connect with my partner, to have desire, to experience, like, the depth of pleasure I now know is available to all of us. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's more than just connecting to the womb or the yoni or the vulva or the vagina or whatever part or looking a certain way or, or any of that. Yeah. It's, it's, for me, yeah, just actually coming into deep love um, with ourselves is I feel like mm. one of the biggest like gateways or pieces that if we're not, if we don't have that foundation of self-love or that connection to our heart, I feel like that deeply disconnects us from our pleasure and you might be able to orgasm but it's it's kind of like what you were saying about, yeah, you can have sex that feels pleasurable or it could be considered mm. great sex but there's like that kind of missing piece, like whether it feels soulless or whether it just feels like there's something missing here. I'm sure there's Mm. more because there is still that missing piece.
1: Mm -hmm. And yeah, I love that another piece just dropped for me to, to bring into um, I guess your initial opening into the conversation. We wanted to speak into, you know, what are the blocks? So we're highlighting here that, um, it's not just sexual trauma that that blocks our pleasure and intimacy. In terms of if we're speaking about our um, you know erotic blueprint or our um, our sexual narrative and stories, like it also comes into where is our emotional body actually sitting, and that might be we we can't experience our our full pleasure and aliveness if we are avoiding heartbreak and grief and you know heavily armored in that area or there's a lot of um, I guess charge that we're um, suppressing or dismissing or denying um, that can be a huge block um, to experiencing pleasure within ourselves and um, of course naturally it, it, it's a complete block to true intimacy with another um when we can't when we can't allow ourselves to feel ourselves and then allow um our partner to receive us and our vulnerability as well
0: Mm, yeah Mm. yeah and I found a couple of the biggest blocks like I feel like it's this is such a big conversation and.
1: Mm. there's
0: so much uniqueness with what may be say blocking me or blocking you or blocking someone else. But Mm -hmm. I have noticed a couple of big ones that have shown up for me in my journey and shown up for many of those that I've worked with is like safety
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: shame. Yeah. And these are ones that I've noticed many, many layers of that I continue to unravel and peel back. Um, but yeah, how safe do I feel to be in my body? How safe do I feel with my partner? How safe do I feel to be vulnerable? How safe do I feel to express myself? Like mm-hmm. something that I really struggled with and I've spoken a lot about this because it's it's been a massive another massive part of my journey is the throat and my ability just to say hello to someone and speak, mm-hmm. let alone start like moaning or groaning or expressing sexually or having deep conversations or being vulnerable asking for what i need or saying no in the bedroom of like i think we spoke about this on our our previous podcast that mm-hmm. that fear of like saying stop or no or slow down like that that feeling of well i've started now i have to finish what i started like <laughs> and that like feeling of af- afraid to say actually i need a take a pause or I need to stop or this just isn't feeling good for me or any of that. There can be so much fear and block around the throat. And I remember when I was doing my breath work facilitator training and they spoke about the sternocleidomastoid muscles through the throat and how they mirror the muscles, like the psoas in the Mm. pelvis. And so when one contracts or one like tightens or shuts down, it actually impacts the other and vice versa when one starts to open and express the other starts to open and i really noticed this for me as i started to use my voice more it started to relax a lot of the pelvis and yoni space and hips and also when i was doing the sexuality work and healing the shame and the wounds around that space it was becoming easier to express myself and it was releasing a lot of that shame as well or meeting that shame and allowing mm. it to dissolve that mm. really freed both of these
1: areas as well mm. uh, i actually loved your reframe in the moment um from releasing to meeting and dissolve um, yeah i just want to feel that a little bit longer <laughs> Because uh, it it unshames it inherently in in the yeah. in the language that you've used.
0: Yeah, I find that's a <sighs> it's a big one. um The mm. language that we use of releasing, getting rid of, not serving, mm-hmm. self sabotaging. Mm-hmm. I spoke <laughs> about this on um on the awaken your pleasure conversation of. I don't actually believe we self-sabotage. I believe we protect. (laughs) And so it's like we're not actually doing something to sabotage ourselves. It feels for me that there's part of us that isn't feeling safe and so we're doing something to protect ourselves. But then when we're like, oh, I'm self-sabotaging, we're shaming ourselves in that experience Mm. of just trying to feel safe.
1: And we do a really good job, actually.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Do a really good job oh yeah um yeah i also wanted to share around um yeah there being a connection between the fascia the fascia connects between the throat and and the pelvis as well so whenever you're working in one space it makes a huge difference to the other and toning toning is so important um you know the vagus nerve runs from you know down down the spine meets the yeah. cervix and and toning using your voice sounding um yeah actually relaxes the body yeah. um, and speaks to the nervous system and tells it that it's safe um so yeah hearing hearing and feeling the vibration of your own voice is incredibly um, medicinal
0: yeah Um. something i've found that's been really helpful with getting words out is actually Mm. um umming like kind of Mm -hmm. um and just like it opens up the throat where i can actually eventually get words out because for so long it was so frozen where i was like I can't even get words out even if I wanted to. And then I found like whether I was in like a a coaching session where I was receiving a session and they'd be mm. asking me to respond to something and I would just feel this constriction. And so I would start with um and that vibration mm. would actually open up the throat so I could get a few words out. And then once I had a few words out, it, it got easier to keep flowing. Mm-hmm. And same with my partner. And especially when we were connecting intimately it would just all freeze up and so that um just really helped to get things moving
1: mm. yeah and there's a switch there and that sound becomes for you because I think so often um you know the problem with sounding is that it's it's sort of like program that it's for someone else and we can we can attribute most of that to born um and it's like oh sound is so um that they know i'm experiencing pleasure and it has to sound a certain way um and it has to yeah be be pretty or sexy or in in whatever frame that we're used to hearing it or seeing it but it's like actually no sound is for me and how it feels within my body and how my body is actually wishing to express through that sound um yeah. and how how emotion wants to actually vibrate and move through me um, and those aren't always uh, I guess typical sounds of pleasure, um, or ecstatic bliss. You know, they might be um, sounds of of frustration or anger or or grief or um, you know that that heartbreak, that cracking open. They might not be sounds of of um, sensual well I think those things are all pleasurable so it's hard to say that uh, I guess the typical or conventional pleasure pleasure sounds um yeah there's sort of a a rewiring that has to happen there as well in the way that we use and connect to sound um during intimacy that brings it back to my experience of me and what is supporting me to move through my own experience
0: yeah and i find like potentially initially making these different sounds that are maybe foreign or unfamiliar Mm. or maybe not what society or porn considers sexy it can Mm. be like oh this is uncomfortable initially but then as you practice it and you continue just really coming into your own authentic expression, um, I find that really expands how much pleasure you experience. Mm. And what I have found is when we hold back our authentic expression, maybe we're making a sound that we think we should make or maybe we're just not making Mm. any sound and we're holding it all in, it actually dulls the experience it doesn't allow you mm-hmm. to have the full expansive experience and that could be whether you're like with yourself self-pleasuring or whether that's with your or with a partner whatever it may be mm-hmm. but i have found that it does actually dull your experience when you're not allowing that full authentic expression mm-hmm. and through doing this deeper like somatic work I have found it's easier for that to naturally come through on its own. Like it's not a choice. It's not, it just comes out and it's like, Oh, where did that come from kind of thing? So it's not about Mm. thinking about in the moment, Oh, well, what's my authentic expression Mm. for me? It actually starts to naturally come through as we do this rewiring and go into the body and integrate the wounds or like moving through those blocks. And Even just like that slowing down and connecting Mm. to the body and getting curious about how do I want to express or what is here for me to express. Mm. But, yeah, I find doing this deeper inner work opens that gateway where that expression becomes more natural and more pleasurable.
1: Mm. into my body at the moment and feeling this kind of cheeky excitement because I can feel <laughs> oh it's so beautiful I love it um it's like if i if i can use uh, a visual i can feel this untamed unkept uh raw naked primal (laughs) woman kind of just like creeping Forwards, like waiting for an opportunity to kind of jump into this space, yep, pounce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so it's so fun to feel it in that way. Of like, I'm just dying to be like, well, yeah, like wildness is is um, the antidote of performing, yeah. and I can feel. It's so nice not wanting to, um, I guess, mentally or logically bring her into the space. Um, but she's kind of just presenting herself. And um, I guess when you're speaking about practicing somatically, and then the, these things just arrive without us having to force them, um, that's what's happening for me internally in this moment as well. And it's funny because I can feel the parts of me playing being like hi oh, i don't know if i really want to talk about you right now um, or uh, i don't know if i have the the connective language to bring you into this space yet but she doesn't care mm. she doesn't care she's like i'm here anyway i'm arriving anyway i'm gonna be here anyway it's i don't care how you choose to do it where you choose to do it why you choose to do it i'm here um, so it's it's fun to sort of um follow that in the way that it's presenting itself without um, trying to like manipulate it or make it be any different um, than it is now, which is the process that we're talking about this whole entire time, right? Is being able to be within our experience without performing, without manipulating it and actually to have some sort of presence with what's here and alive within our own experience. Um, And, and that is by beginning to embrace our, our wildness, in mm. a sense, and that comes with uh, un- unravelling all the things in that that have shaped us in a mould that isn't actually authentic and true for us, yeah. um, which is the, the inner work that you're speaking about, the somatic experiencing work that you're speaking about is coming into or stripping away all of these these layers of inauthenticity um, so that we can come in contact with what's actually real um, for us and that's what opens us to having some sort of access to full um, orgasmic bliss in all areas of our life all the time not just um, limited to um, one expression of primal experience in life um which is yeah such a lie that it that it should only be accessible in that moment yeah um but yeah i guess then i'm i'm curious what have have been the moments in your life where you've really felt i know the voice is one one medium or modality or one doorway in um to you uh I guess, beginning to invite um, and liberate your own inner wild.
0: Mm.
1: Um, I'm, I'm perhaps curious about what other doorways or avenues has she kind of, yeah, like pounced or crept mm. in or, <laughs> or um, showed up and not walked away?
0: Yeah, and just a piece that was coming through as you were sharing, it's like that, that piece around honouring what is
1: and Mm. meeting
0: what's arising rather than trying to get rid of it or fix it or heal it in a sense of like, I like, I think we spoke about this on our last um, episode as well together, which was the word integrate rather than Mm. healing because, again, Mm. healing can come with the idea that we're broken and integration is like integrate literally means to make whole, so it's coming back to wholeness and authenticity Mm. And so that's definitely been a massive piece on, on this journey is that, that honouring what is, meeting what's here, embracing rather than having this idea that I've got to get rid of all these things that aren't serving me. Because what I believe now is that we don't do things that don't serve us. We do things that mm. protect or create a sense of safety or we believe we'll get what we need or want. Um, and it's often coming from these different parts of self these other versions of us younger versions of us whether that's a child version self or our 20 year old self or these Mm -hmm. parts that developed these ways of protection and getting needs met Um, so yeah that meeting what's arising being with it the slowing down and actually just feeling the sensations in my body, Mm. feeling the emotions, expanding my capacity to feel because I really had to take that journey slowly because feeling anything was so intense for so long because of how disconnected, numb and shut down I was. Coming Mm. online was freaking intense and I often talk about how being in your joy and your pleasure when you have not been there for a long time is really Mm. uncomfortable and i pushed it away for a very long time because it just felt too intense for my nervous system and i had to expand Mm. my window of tolerance for the goodness for the joy for the pleasure but i also had to meet the parts of me that felt shame being in my joy my pleasure my sexuality Mm. my expression my voice And really just loving all these parts. So I guess another gateway is self-love and the heart Mm. space. How can I love myself more no matter how I'm presenting, how it looks, what's showing up, how can I love this piece, how can I choose love right now rather than judgment, criticism, beating myself up, trying to change myself so that I can be healed, perfect, um, aligned or whatever idea I have. It's how can I just meet how I am or where I am right now and love myself mm. through every bit of it. Um, something that was massively life-changing is breathwork. <laughs> when I did mm. my breathwork training, even my very first breathwork experience was it shook me to my very core. It was very uncomfortable mm. But it was something that I really needed, like the kick up the butt. Like she's ready to pounce and you've got to open up to let her come through. Um, and that first workshop was so shaking, so confronting. I was, I was like, I have to understand what the heck just happened right here, right now. And that led me to go into my breathwork facilitator training. And that just cracked me wide open there was so much healing or so much integration that took place so much awakening coming home to myself and finding my no and my voice was huge i remember the very first session i was frozen in an all fours position with everyone else making all these sounds that sounded very sexual to me it was like this is so uncomfortable mm. i hate it i can't do it and for me it was like i didn't feel judgmental of them i was like they can do it it's just I can't do that. And there was Mm. always this idea that I'm going to be judged if I do that. I'm not feeling judgmental of them, but I was feeling very judgmental of myself if I were to express in that way. Mm. And I just felt so frozen. And the, uh, the facilitator of that training was one of the most compassionate, loving, present beings, like real grandmother, elder energy. And she was just able to meet me and hold me. And when I was wanting to go, I forgive, I forgive. She's like, no, we're not there yet. We need to go Mm. into honouring your no and saying what you wished you could have said in that moment. And that was so incredible to be met where I was at rather than trying to be like forcing myself into forgiveness, forcing myself into releasing when I wasn't ready yet. And she was able to just bring me back into my body and bring me into my authentic expression. And it was only like a few days after that first session that I was like screaming and like yelling no and like tremoring. And there was a, a journey I had where I was laying down tremoring. And all of a sudden it started raining outside and there was someone playing the drum over me and I felt like I'm not even on the ground anymore. I'm tremoring so hard. It was (laughs) wild. (laughs) So that definitely was a massive shift into coming into my wildness and my expression. Uh, Yeah.
1: Mm. Mm. It's, it's really beautiful. Um, witnessing obviously no one else can see you right now but me being able to witness how much aliveness there is in your expression as you're telling that story as well Yeah, thank you
0: thank you (laughs) Mm. yeah it's it's pretty amazing to be witnessed now and to feel comfortable being witnessed Mm. because in the past it's like i don't want anyone to see me (laughs) yeah. <laughs> so it just yeah. it really shows just how much how powerful for me um this work is and why mm. I'm so passionate because that was when I was like I have to share this with more people I've found something that I'm so passionate about that I more people need to know about my breath mm. work I find is life-changing um yeah
1: mm. mm. I'm, I don't know why I'm asking this, but I'm curious to know there's, I guess, um, like, I know a lot of those breathwork practices are quite, like, cathartic in nature, but I'm curious if there's, um, a way that you work with breath work in in your current practices um, that brings in that sort of um, softer, slower, um, more gentle meeting of that capacity because, yeah. um, you know, like that was something that feels really, really really potent and important because i feel like a lot of people aren't at the stage where that's what's actually available to them and when you're speaking to you know your window of tolerance and you're and you're and you're really speaking to sometimes it's even people have been and stuck in a certain state for so long that they actually no longer have a point of reference mm. or for joy or for pleasure and and going into anything um yeah that is lifting you into something more sympathetic um, and cathartic is um, is so out of their realm of availability if if that makes sense. Um, and I'm curious now that i've I've seen you being weaving in all of this um, somatic tantric practices, whether there's something softer there that you, Um, have worked in with yourself or maybe you work in with clients or in your courses or anything.
0: Yeah, I have actually found that that's more of what I work with now is Mm. more of the gentle breath work where it's really more about staying anchored like in your body Mm. with your sensation, in your experience. I have found that the definitely more cathartic breath work can really just shoot you out of your window and especially if we have been
1: mm-hmm.
0: frozen or stuck for so long it can be sometimes a bit too much i found mm. with the breathwork facilitated training i did the intention was always to be more of like a gentle to medium pace of breath and mm. to really move slowly and allow the body to move rather than you moving your body or you just making sound for the sake of making sound. It -hmm. was really about tuning into what wants to come through here. And then I found through that gentle unraveling process, that's what actually opened the body up to more of those cathartic experiences,
1: but they were more
0: anchored in presence when you got there because it wasn't like you're rushing or forcing yourself to get there. But I've definitely found since moving more into like sacred sexuality, conscious relationship work, uh, tantric practices, it's been more of like slower pace of breath. It's weaving in other practices with the breath. Um, some I, I don't find it's often quite as long. Like when I was doing more breath work, it was like 60, 75-minute sessions, um, whereas now it could I find you can get a lot out of even a 15, 20-minute breathwork practice.
1: Mm. And it's
0: always, for me, unique to the person that I'm with or the group that I'm with. Yeah, and I found that slowing down, especially when it comes to these kinds of topics and sexuality of like let's really practice that slowness and that mindfulness and asking your body how it wants to express rather than you just shaking because someone's telling you to shake or stomping Mm. because someone's telling you to stomp or doing something because the person next to you is doing it. The amount of, I've, I've run hundreds of breathwork workshops now And the amount of um, people that would share, oh, I didn't have that like that experience that the other person had, so I must have done it wrong. It's like, well, you're never going to have their experience. You're not (laughs) not in their body. You're not meant to have their experience. You're here to have your own unique one. And there was so much conditioning of, am I doing it right? Um, And I find that comes up in sexuality as well. Like, am I doing sex right? I remember (laughs) feeling that. For a lot of my journey, like I don't know if I'm doing it right, and there's this fear causes more contraction, causes more disconnection, and mm-hmm. yeah, I remember um, I wrote I wrote a blog post and I did an episode about it of like, am I doing it right? Because we're constantly mm-hmm. just trying to do it right, and I don't know if there's actually a right way, and it's more about the exploration of. Oh, what you're experiencing.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The whole time you were speaking, I was just relating in my mind, you weren't talking about <laughs> breath work at all. <laughs> uh, I was just hearing you speak about <laughs> sexuality and sexuality. So that was really fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it is something that comes up a lot in those, um, those worlds as well um it's it's actually kind of about you know less of, less is more in a way um doing less doing less to feel more um is is what i what i feel when you say that um and you know it's not <laughs> More lingerie, more props, more um, yeah, <laughs> more people, more whatever um, if that's in in your in your truth and that feels right for you, then amazing um, but you know quite often you're 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 sold more, you need more mm-hmm. of these things, um, and actually the practice seems to always be about actually like stripping away so that there's, so there's less, less noise, less, um, less armor, less distraction, um, less overwhelm, just so you can, can feel more and access more, um, and be more here. And so, yeah, that was kind of just the, the whole thing that I was feeling as you were sharing sort of your development through, um, yeah, those stages through breath work as you deepened into your own feminine pleasure and your own, um, I guess, parasympathetic bliss body as well. And um, yeah, all of those things, that was what was sort of um, what I was feeling into as you were speaking
0: Mm -hmm.
1: about that journey.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'd love to... um maybe start shifting as well into what can people take away from this of like, what could be something people could start to implement or where could they go, where could they go from here to actually integrate these past experiences to Mm. move through these deep levels of shame, to create safety, to have more pleasure, to have more like amazing orgasms if that's if that's what they desire um but really just having that deeper connection deeper pleasure
1: Mm. um for me it's been been woven through this whole conversation and you know there's lots of micro practices that we forgive or talk about that feel fancy and cool and whatever (laughs) but it's, it's really what you were, um, well, I guess what we've both been speaking about in different ways is it's actually building capacity in the body to meet these parts of ourselves because um, there's no point um, you know going through a bunch of exercises or practices or things if, we, if we're not um, you know making a commitment or a devotion to be with ourselves yeah and 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 whatever's coming up and and those practices also aren't going to work if we're um, pretending that we're somewhere else or that we're someone else or that we're not experiencing what we're experiencing um, so i guess i would be coming back to to closing down the eyes and to feeling into the breath and and to feeling what comes up when you know my sexuality my pleasure starts with me <sighs> and and using this practice of feeling what what arises to just bring more inquiry and and it doesn't have to you don't have to make a separate time for things um you know this is this is what i'm talking about when we're speaking to this is more you don't you can just your practice can just be in your life. It can be when those things come up in the moment, you know, when, when you make a judgment on someone around their sexuality, you can breathe in and, and feel into actually what's happening in my body when I'm feeling this way. How does it relate to myself? How does it relate to my body? How does it relate to my own power, my own sexuality? <sighs> Am I holding shame here in this judgment? Is there pain here? Is this reminding me of another experience? Can I feel some clamping or shut down or tension in my body in this? And then the practice is just to be really real and honest with what's coming up and not wishing for it to be any different. Like whatever's there, it's okay. Okay. Even if you think what you're thinking or feeling is really horrible or mean or nasty, like whatever it is, it's there for a reason, whether it's being, you know, um, influenced by familial patterning through societal conditioning, it doesn't matter. It's there. It's real for you in this moment. (sighs) Ah. you just need it with the breath and just hold the intention that it's okay (sighs) but I love myself anyway and there's not even in any way because there's nothing about you that's unlovable Um. It's just I love myself in this sensation. I love myself in this judgment. I'm devoted to meeting myself in these moments.
0: I feel that as well, just mm, if there is any resistance around what comes up when you hear that of I love myself and if there's that resistance of i don't feel that love for myself can you meet
1: Mm. that part with loving presence Mm. too (laughs) exactly and and be honest in those moments you know don't don't force it don't pretend that it's not there don't dismiss or deny it if if the honest answer comes up that i don't feel that's true beautiful meet that And then the deepening of that practice, um, I guess I feel in this moment is when, when there's a building of meeting that when you feel stronger and safer in in meeting these parts is there's a power in then sharing those parts. Um, feels like the organic next step. Um, And I don't know whether that feels like the organic next step, because that's something that we're practicing, um, or whether that, I guess, those are the spaces, um, where I've been really able to, um, alchemize because when I feel strong enough, um, in myself that I can let other people witness what I I deem to be shameful, um, you know I'm really showing those parts that they are safe and that they are okay and that I do trust them and I do love them and that I, I don't find any shame in them mm. um, and usually you know they're met by Fuck me too or you know I, I totally get that um, or just yeah I love you in that um, and then there's a complete dissolving in that process as well so so yeah there's a a strengthening and a building capacity to meet yourself in the moment and then there's when I've built that and I feel strong can I allow someone who is um you know a safe place in my world to witness that too
0: Mm. um
1: yeah the two things that kind of feel really important at this time
0: yeah and some recommendations from me as well to like continue on with what we're exploring here is like I mentioned a couple of times, Amberly and I had a podcast episode a little while ago. Um, and it's episode 78, releasing sex and body shame and reconnecting to your body's wisdom and pleasure. So I found that was such a, a potent, powerful conversation. Um, and I also ran, a awaken your pleasure conversation um on monday and that's also on the podcast so you can listen to those two episodes and pick up some more seeds and pieces uh, to help you on your journey and i've also got a a couple of really amazing meditations and practices inside my app raw embodiment that you can access for free as well and that's uh, one of them is connecting to your body one either one of them is body love and then i'm also Mm going to be adding breast massage practice soon Um, And that's really about connecting to your heart, connecting to that positive pole in your body, opening that space, de-armoring in a gentle, loving way that will help to connect to your pleasure. So that's some other things that can take you that little bit further. And then the other thing is I'll be running my six week activation journey, deep pleasure soon. So that starts next month on February 15th. And the amazing Ember Lee (laughs) will also be doing a couple of workshops um, in that space as well. I'm curious if you'd like to share maybe a little bit about those workshops. So we have Uh, the wild woman embodiment journey and the guided womb journey if you wanted to share a little bit about what's involved and how this will be really supportive
1: yeah I love that you mentioned that because I could feel this bursting of like and shamelessly get into a group space (laughs) you know like it feels um it actually doesn't even feel weird to say there's a part of my mind that's like, Oh, Um, but there's nothing in my body. It's like, actually the most supportive spaces for me have been group spaces where, um, you know, we've been moving through these things together. Um, And yeah, as far as these, and that would be a beautiful space to, to um, I guess, deepen your journey and to open into those things in a way that feels safe and supportive and in a way that offers others to witness and hold a loving witness for you in the moments that you feel like you can't and um, yeah that's that's what we what we are for each other and in intimacy and relating um, but yes, yeah, I'm really really excited about being able to hold some workshops in that space and I'm probably most excited about the wild woman. or well, the wild woman wild woman, wild woman, same, same (laughs) journey, um, is, is to be able to really go on a somatic and body journey to actually being able to touch and make contact and meet those places of authenticity so that they can rise up and out through the body rather than the, like you were saying before, rather than from the mind pushing and dictating how it should sound, how it should be, because everyone else around me is doing it. Um, so yeah, so there's going to be a real invitation there to, um, be guided in a journey to really, um, yeah, have a felt sense of awakening that aspect of you within yourself, um, and giving that some real freedom in your body and in your life. Um, and then I feel like were we doing the consent room journey? I feel uh, it's already like gone from my mind. I've seen a few, (laughs) (laughs) they've left my presence, but I'm, do you have, is that the one
0: um, I've got it here?
1: I'm just like, I don't want to speak to the wrong journey. (laughs) Not that it would matter. We, get things wrong all the time but yeah i guess one will call to you more than another perhaps um
0: yeah i had it in my notes somewhere but
1: i'm gonna just maybe trust that it's the one that i think it is um that we're gonna also open up to a um womb journey is the 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 second workshop isn't it um, so the
0: the guided womb journey and embodied exploration through the womb delving into the realms of the vulva vagina cervix and womb Um, Uh, yes yeah and yeah connecting with the emotional quality and archetype of each gate receiving any messages and desires expressed by the yoni i really love that so yeah really this is what we come into more around like the expression and the subtle messages of the body the boundaries um because like we were talking about in this conversation as well around when we're not honoring our no or we're not saying actually slow down or actually not there or not that or like i need to stop now this isn't feeling good for me Um, and so that second workshop is more about bringing in that that expression
1: yeah and it's um more feeling into centered and grounded and quite often we don't even ask ourselves for consent to enter ourselves we don't ask our own bodies to for for consent and for consent for different types of touch quite often it's like if you say yes that means yes to everything Mm -hmm. um so so yeah this particular worm journey is more more focused around what actually comes up at these these different gates entering different points in the body and what they may be a yes or a no to in the moment and then being able to actually somatically um and emotionally honor Mm -hmm. um and see how they may shift or move in those moments and honor those um but, but yeah, there's, there's different, you know, when we want a full-bodied yes, it's because we want all centers online to have a full-bodied yes, but quite often we don't actually have a felt experience of what it is for each center to have a yes or a no. Um, so to actually have a space created where we can explore that um and be able to feel that in relation to yourself will help you to be able to actually explore that and to offer that and to be in integrity with your own body and your experiences with other people as well
0: yeah and so deep pleasure is it's really about going into a lot of what we've spoken about today on a much deeper like somatic embodiment level so there will be conversation but a lot of it's really doing that deeper internal work to shift the sexual narrative to um, move through that those layers of shame, come into deep self-love, body love, um, orgasmic reclamation, and just really awakening mm-hmm. our pleasure in. Such an incredible way. Like, I feel like there's not even really words for it. It's more than just, it's (laughs) more than just sexuality. Like we spoke about, it's more than just the sex center. It's, it's about opening the heart space and feeling safe and being able to trust your body and tune into your emotional body, your inner knowing, your inner wisdom, your inner guidance system. And for me, it's like becoming the magnetic woman that we were always designed to be of like Mm. becoming magnetic for what we for more of what we desire and to really access our pleasure to live in our joy or to embrace it all because this doesn't mean that we're just going to be in pleasure and joy all the time it's really about how do we be with all parts of ourselves and love us ourselves through all of the different things that arise it's going to be an incredible program and then one that's a six-week journey But then straight after that, there's a bonus program included, which is Confidence to Express, which is two weeks, where we delve more into, all right, we've done that deeper work around our sexuality and our pleasure. Now let's bring that expression forth, that authentic expression. So, yeah, it's going to be an incredible journey and I'm super excited to have you in the space, Amberley, supporting Mm -hmm. um, this incredible journey for all of us.
1: (laughs) Mm, Thank you.
0: Mm. Thank you so much. Uh, Is there anything else you're feeling to share just before we close up?
1: (sighs) Mm. I feel really complete, actually. Mm -hmm. Me too.
0: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Beautiful <laughs> conversation. Um, thank you so much for yeah, coming back on the podcast. And, yeah, I'm super excited for this journey that we're going to be working together on. Um, I'll pop all the links below. So the links to, to find those other episodes I recommended, um, the link for the app to get access to the practices, the practices. A link for Deep Pleasure and also the links to find Amber Lee if you'd like to learn more about Amberlee and how she supports her clients and get in touch with her. I'll pop all of that below to make it easy and smooth for everyone. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you so much.
1: Thank you.
0: You are invited to join me on an incredible journey. Deep Pleasure is a six-week activation journey beginning February 15th. Where we will be connecting live every week for six weeks. This is for the woman who is ready to connect to herself, her body, her pleasure in a deeply loving way so that she can experience deep pleasure, tap into her power, and truly enjoy life. By joining Deep Pleasure, you will connect to your body, expand your capacity to feel deep pleasure, joy, and orgasmic bliss cultivate inner safety and feel secure within yourself to be authentically and unapologetically yourself and to confidently express yourself. You will also transform your sexual narrative so that you can sexually thrive and feel more connection, intimacy, and aliveness. Accessing your pleasure will support you in creating the life you deeply desire and thriving in all areas of your life. For being in your pleasure causes you to become magnetic for what you deeply desire. Doing this deep internal work for yourself is absolutely life-changing and will transform your relationship to yourself and really open you up to having these beautiful new experiences and I can't wait to share this journey with you. If you would like to learn more about Deep Pleasure, my six-week activation journey, I have popped the link below in the description. I am so excited to share this journey with you. And I'm even more excited for you to tap into that deep love, deep pleasure and aliveness inside of yourself. Thank you so much for listening to the Girl Unleashed podcast. If you are loving this content, go ahead and subscribe to be notified of upcoming episodes. Please leave a five-star review to help me get these powerful teachings and practices to those who need it. If you would like to submit a question or would like to know more about how we can live together, send me an email to info at So much love to you, beautiful human. Until next time.